on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast. A blockbuster trade is on Bolts. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 42 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crawshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday evening? Definitely very tired. Uh, was a very long, eventful weekend for Chase, but ton of fun. Um, you know, pretty much all all good stuff, like 99% positive. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good weekend overall, but I am beat down. Looking forward to getting a little bit of sleep tonight. Um just just kind of, you know, kind of chilling here once we're done recording and kind of relax. How you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I got my first shamrock shake of the year and whew, they're so they're so good. They really are. And this one was a little bit less intense of mint, which I could kind of go for both. I, I really liked because uh, today you got that minty up front, but then you got a little sweetness of like the vanilla ice cream that they use. Uh, on the back end, and it was fantastic. Um, but sometimes I like the extra, extra mint as well. So uh, it, it was good. And today was another beautiful day in Indianapolis. It was probably about 55 and sunny. On Wednesday, it's supposed to be 70 and sunny. Can't wait. Uh, how's the snow treating you up there in Michigan? Uh, there's nothing really right now, which is good. It's just been a real whirlwind. Um, so Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday, when the power went out. And we had that nightmare of an episode. Um, that's when the ice storm started. And then Thursday, you know, no issues, just perfectly fine. Um, it was a little, you know, a little bit more ice due to the like coldness on Thursday night, but final problem. Um, Friday, it was snowing. Saturday, uh, then it melted. Saturday was snowing, then melted. Today, it was, I don't know, like 50 something. It, it felt like it was summer. I, it's going to get back down to the 30s this week coming up. So, you know, it's it's just we got very bipolar weather. Yeah, I guess so. Um, how's your week look for, you know, this upcoming week? You said you were super busy over the past couple of days. You said you get to sleep a little bit tomorrow. Um, you free on Monday and what's the rest of the week look? Are you in in the rank most of the time? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a very very busy week. Yeah, got, you know, playoffs on the cusp here, so very busy. Um, you know, we're not not off tomorrow, so up I know up at her early tomorrow. Then you know we're recording a WNP tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday we'll be recording another episode of this. Tuesday's kind of like my one slower day I have. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday I'll be at the rink again. So it's it'll be 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 very long long days, but at the end of the day it's nothing nothing better than being at, at the good old hockey game. All right, absolutely. And like Chase mentioned, we are recording our football show tomorrow and the new episode previewing the 2023 running back draft class will be out on Tuesday. If you missed, we already recorded our 2023 QB preview um, with all the QBs coming into the draft class. It was a lot of fun. And this is the time of the year that we really kind of just have a lot of fun, can dig into these prospects and, and figure out what we like, what we don't like. And, me living in Indianapolis, I'm actually thinking about heading up to the NFL scouting combine. So uh, that'll be interesting as well. And I think overall, it's such a fun time. So if you're curious whatsoever in 
the NFL, the NFL draft, make sure to head over to our other show at We're Not Professionals. But Chase, today on the Bolts broadcast, we are going to be talking about a lot of trades because they continue to happen as we are getting close to that trade deadline. We're going to be talking about a suspension for the Bolts. Also do a little game review, game preview on the other side of the commercial break, talk about some news around the league, which includes a lot of trades. But we'll start off. There is a possibility, and a strong one at that, that we could see Tanner Janot in a Bolts jersey. Yeah, good old Tanner Genot. I remember we were talking years ago, the Seattle expansion. Like, why did why did they protect this Tanner Genot guy? Like, didn't really we neither of us really knew too much about him. We played some NHL games, but like, you know, weren't super familiar because like didn't you know didn't play a ton. Wasn't necessarily letting it up, but. I ended up going on to have a pretty nice season following that and has played pretty well. And it's been a very, stu- very sturdy, solid NHLer. Well, he's been scratched uh, tonight for trade related reasons. And the inside sources are saying it sounds like uh, a deal to Tampa is likely. And I think that's like the perfect advantage for Tampa. A good, kind of like a Brandon Hagel type player, but with a little more grit, uh, maybe not as much offensive upside, but it's, it's, you know, it's the same type of deal where, you're getting someone who could be interchangeable in your top nine, um, but like you know, will be a very good third liner. Can need if you need to play need to play on a power play, he can. He can do PK. Um, it just be a really good like stress reliever type of player. Don't have to worry about grinding out your top line too much in the playoffs. I think it's an awesome addition if it can happen, but we do have to wait and see. Yeah, and it's one of those moves that we've seen Tampa do over the past three seasons. They've really gone for that guy who can play in that top nine, potentially top six if injuries occur. And most of the time they've worked out to this point. So uh, interested to see if that actually comes through. And Chasey mentioned that out there on Twitter, the Nashville predators themselves tweeted that he was healthy, scratched held out of the game for trade purposes I don't know if I'm completely oblivious, or is this new this year? I feel like there has not been, uh, and again, I could be completely oblivious, but I feel like in the past we haven't seen teams just tweeting out like, hey, yeah, this guy's not going to be playing. The reason, it, yeah, we're sending him away. Well, like teams more recently started to do it. It's, it's all over the place this year, but the last couple of years it's been kind of slowly happening. But this year, like every team's doing it. And the reality of the situation is, like, like look at the NBA you see some of these guys taking off days for load management, which I think is garbage. If you're getting paid that much money, like how, how you really, you can't just rest on a practice day. Why do you need a game off of load management? It means you just don't want to win. But anyway, it's a similar type of th- thing where like, you know, you're, you're paying this money to go to an NBA game. Maybe you got this kid, you know, he he's out in Los Angeles. He's nine year old kid. Favorite player is LeBron James. He's his family is able to save up money to go to this one game this year. They go to the game. And he has a low management day. That's just that's just a shame. That's, that's a heartbreaker to the kid, heartbreaker to the fans. So I think it's the same type of thing where you know we're we're not dressing this player today due to trade related reasons. So like if you wanted to watch him, you know you, you might not be able to. So you know you know maybe don't buy tickets. I think it's kind of doing like due diligence on the team's behalf and for the fans, so the fans can kind of have some transparency and understand why someone who might be an important player like Timo Meyer, Tanner Janelle, wouldn't be playing. But to be fair, they're only tweeting it out about four to six hours before game time. And I don't know about you, but usually if I'm planning on going to a game, I've got tickets prior to the day of the game. Yeah, it's, 
Yes and no. Um, I've bought tickets day of before. I know a lot of people do because it's the the tickets are cheapest day of game because there's people that are like oh I can't I can't go I just got to get this off my hands. So tickets are cheapest day of game. So people do it all the time, and it wouldn't be very surprising. At, at, you know, let's have that happen in the at this time of year. Like you don't, you know, you don't know a month, you know, like a month away, like a month ago, if you needed to trade this guy, you just don't know things could turn around and you'd be going to a playoff spot. So, you know, now that's happening, you know, they're figuring out if they can get deals done, if this guy's really going to be someone that they can move and they kind of give a decent heads up. They don't really just announce it in warmups. They give a decent heads up. Um, so I, I, it's not like a direct comparison, but I think it's like, you know, it's kind of that type of like logic. Yeah. I've been seeing it quite a bit, but moving on from that, let's now talk about Eric Chernak as he, is serving a two-game sussy. Yeah, so she she was all taken care of, all all, um, all served at the time of this being recorded. Didn't really get to mention it because it wasn't handed out um, by the time we recorded last time. But served it. Um, it was for it was for an elbow. Um, I can't remember who the hell he laid the elbow on, but yeah, not 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 the greatest hit, uh, deservingly so. So he, he was down for a couple, but you know he'll be back at her, kind of down here for the stretch when we need him. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because. This week hasn't necessarily gone as planned, and uh, obviously there's got to be some relation with Chernock not being in the lineup, and sure enough, we have a couple of stinkers. We've got the first one against the Sabres. We lose that one 6-5, to five, and then we'll move on to the next one, which you were actually at, which I know you did not have great opinions on both teams that night. Did it. That it might have been like the worst hockey I've ever been to in my life, especially at a professional level. Like, talk about a game where neither team deserved to win. The one person deserved to win in that game, and it was Andre Vasilevsky. Not a single other person on either side of of the puck deserved to win that game. Man, it it was bad. Yeah, let's talk about the Sabers game first. A six-five victory for the Sabers, and this was one where we saw Vasilevsky not have the best performance as the Sabres only 23 shots on net. However, Vassy not able to do the best job with a 739 save percentage. And this is one where the team, except for Vassy, deserved to win. So, you know, kind of rolls reversed a little bit. It ends up being an overtime loss. So at least you grab a point. It's tough to give up points to Eastern Conference foes, no matter who they are. Um, so it's, it's a little frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, you know, it, the, the team played well. You know, you can't really like be too upset they're looking you know good for what you know what, what the kind of coming stretch is going to be you know it's nice to see at least that offense then in the next game that goaltending um show that it's there so hopefully it kind of culminates by the time playoff comes yeah and the goaltending was absolutely there like you were mentioning against the red wings the game you were at uh neither team looked great only 18 shots on net for the tampa bay lightning which the, the red wings are an improving team but 18 shots pitiful yeah, it was, yeah, it was just bad. Like I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it really was just, just bad. Um, Tampa, did, you know, we didn't look very good. Detroit really didn't look very good. They got a lot of shots on that, but it was a ton of like perimeter shots, shots from the point that weren't really high scoring chances. And there was just so many, you know, puck bobbles. And the Pistons did play on that ice before, so like they put the court over it at one o'clock. So maybe the ice was in worse conditions than normal. Maybe that had a part to play in it, but. Puck was bouncing around. Passes were being fumbled. Shots were being whiffed on like both sides. Uh, Tampa rung like 100 posts. It, it really just came down to Vasilevsky having 
a great game and then Tampa kind of capitalizing on those great A chances. So really, neither team deserved to win this hockey game, but Vasilevsky did. And when a goalie deserves to win the game and they kind of take it over like that, then usually they win. Right, absolutely. And then a game tonight uh, has not been great so far. It's against the Pittsburgh Penguins, currently down 7-3, to three, only three minutes left. It's looking like Tampa's going to drop another. Yep, looking like a loss. Um, it's looking like it'll be zero points, too, not even just an overtime loss or anything. It would be crazy to see a four-goal comeback, you know, three minutes left, but you never know, I guess. It's, yeah, it, it sucks, you know, dropping this game, um, but it kind of is what it is. When you have the performance you did the night before, when Vasilevsky plays as well as he did, you know, you got to kind of expect that you're, you're going to be letting in a few goals. You know, I, I don't care that it's Brian Elliott in that. Um, the way that table played, they played sloppy. Their goalie stood on their head. The next day, it just felt like the, the gates were going to open. Sure enough, they did. Yeah, and it's just a tough, tough look overall recently because your two losses are coming to teams that have not been – as you know as good as you have this year and then your one win comes in probably the worst performance you've had uh all season which thankfully it was a win but it's just it's a tough look right now for the Tampa Bay Lightning they seem to be struggling a bit yeah you know it's definitely underwhelming um you kind of hope that they they kind of mentioned like correct the things that they're struggling on because they're not you know doing it all together at one time and we've seen in the past that once playoff time comes that they do figure it out and do it all together at one time. So we just got to kind of hope that's what that's what happens again. Yeah, we're hoping to put it back together against the Florida Panthers on, I believe it's Tuesday. Uh, and the last game we played with the, the Panthers didn't go as well. Lost 7-1, to one, but overall we're still up 2-1 to one in the series, hoping to make that 3-1. to one. Sorry, I... Loan was being a little buggy trying to click on it, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it would be nice to get that, you know, a little bit more of a, I don't know if advantage is the right word, but like, it'd be nice to hold that over, you know, little brother down there, I guess, hold the series win. It was a bit of a tough one last going, but I'd expect better, especially after the way that this weekend went, I think Tampa's gonna kind of bounce back, be a little more ready to go as a whole team. So should be a, a, you know, a a good battle, a good entertaining game. Um, Hopefully we can lift it up. Yeah, and Florida, one of those teams as well, where after the Christmas or holiday break, they seem to be struggling a little bit too. Six and four in their last 10 isn't horrible, but when you look at their record, they're sitting just around 500. They've really slowed down from uh, a decent start that they had earlier this year. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's not a bad team. It's not a great team. It's it's really just a team. That's kind of what it comes down to. It's a team that you can see making playoffs, team you could see missing, so... Really, where they're at now and how the season's gone is kind of what I expected from this year. Yeah, and unfortunately, we won't be seeing Spencer Knight as uh, he was. I, I don't know what the program is called specifically. But the player assistance program. Yeah, the player assistance program. He's entered and um, he's trying to get some help there. So hoping for the best for him. Um, you hate to see any type of player go through something like this. So really hoping, even though he is a, a rival, we're really hoping for the best because this is a young kid who's got a bright future. Yeah, this is outside of sport. Like at the end of the day, this is awesome. These guys are, you know, they're they're living out their dreams. This is their career. We we as fans loved to watch the game, but this is something that's bigger than sport. You know, it's it's about getting yourself on the right track, getting the help you need. Um, you know, happy that he's able to take those steps. Hopefully, he can 
overcome whatever he's battling here soon. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for the first half. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, diving into all of the trades that have happened recently. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm going for the same-game parlay of ball so hard. LaMelo Ball, 20-plus points, 6-plus rebounds, 7-plus assists, 4-plus made threes in today's game against the Miami Heat. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day. Like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I'm trying to be healthier with a daily walk during my lunch break. The best part about it, using my Raycon earbuds so I can get away from the work scene and just hop into my workout. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love Raycon as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return guaranteed. My favorite part about Raycon's are the noise isolation, awareness modes, and their crystal clear call quality. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, we got some breaking news as we've known for quite a while, pretty much all of Sunday, that Timo Meyer would be or could be a New Jersey devil. However, there was a little bit of a hang-up. Elliot Friedman tweeted out that uh, there's a player, a piece involved in the trade where Injury was kind of making it have a little falter. The deal wasn't officially done. However, Pierre Lebron tweeted out just three minutes ago, 
League trade call is done. Timo Meyer is officially a New Jersey Devil. Now, we still don't have the full return. However, I can piece together a couple of pieces. We see Andreas Johnson going back. We see Nikita Okotiak. Okochuk? It's like Oktiuk or something like that. I don't know. I could never pronounce his name. Okay, him and then Zetterland as well as at least one first-round pick. So um, really hoping to get the full details in this episode before we log off, but we know 100% Timo Meyer is now a New Jersey Devil. Yeah, and I, I really figured this was going to be the landing spot. The second it was rumored, it was like, hey, this seems like the perfect fit, and it looks like it is. Uh, from what I read, part of the deal does not guarantee a contract extension, though, so hopefully his, you know, his, his fellow country and his fellow, his fellow Swissy. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say, but Nico Hishier also of Swiss descent. Hopefully you can kind of convince them. Yeah. Let's stick around. You know, let's, let's make a run at this and they can figure out a good price tag for Timo Meyer. I'm guessing he's going to get like the $9 million range and will be an awesome player that can kind of be interchangeable. That top six with Nico Hishier, Jack Hughes, Jasper Brat. It's going to be, going to be super exciting. So it'll, it'll be fun to watch them play, but it just makes the East even tougher. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, make sure to keep an eye out on the old tweeters to see if we do officially get that full trade. Um, I will as well. But while we're on the topic of trades, let's go over some of the past couple that we've seen. I think the, the, oldest that we have yet to cover is with the Boston Bruins as they went out and got Dmitry Orlov and Ford Garnett Hathaway. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good deal for um, for Boston, really. So Orlov, Garnett Hathaway, as you mentioned, for Craig Smith, Andrei Svetlakov, who's a prospect, a first, a second, and a third. Uh, the Caps retain 50% of Orlov, um, and then also involved in this deal in Minnesota, retains 25% of Orlov's hit and gets a fifth-round pick in return. So Minnesota's just collecting mid to late round draft picks for salary, whatever. Um, I would want a bit higher draft picks, but I guess you're getting something for guys that are coming off the books right away. So it is what it is. Um, I think it's a great deal for Boston because it really just kind of puts them over the edge. Dmitry Orlov is a legitimate top four defenseman on just about every team in the league. Uh, he can provide some good offense. He's, he's very stable in the back end too. It's a really a good fit for how Boston plays and what, and what they need. It just makes – you know, Boston is even tougher. A team that's been rolling all year long. It just gives them that extra little boost. So it's going to be harder to get through them come playoff time. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, you know, you got to overcome competition. No risk, reward. No risk, no reward is what I'm trying to say. Geez. So so Tampa's going to have to, you know, once the time comes to play Boston, really just throw the buck at them. Yeah, Boston continues to load up. They currently sit at 95 points on the season which is nine points higher than the next closest team in Carolina, who has also been a fantastic team. So it's nice to see that Boston, they're officially going for it. It's going to be some tough competition, but I think that's what makes the best playoff hockey. Looking forward to that. Let's not talk about Colorado as they go out and get Keith Kincaid from Boston in exchange for Shane Bowers. Yeah, not a huge trade. Keith Kincaid will be a nice, you know, one needed type of piece for Colorado. Shane Bowers is still a prospect with some upside to be like a, you know, a, a career NHLer and not like, you know, a 20 year stud, but like someone who can, who can play games for a little while. Um, not really living up to the hype that he was as first round pick, but still a talented player still, I think can find a role in the NHL and hold on to it for a little bit. And Boston's hoping that he can down the road. Uh, Steel works out well for both teams. I don't really think 
Boston that was dying to keep Kincaid. I don't think they needed him. And Shane Bowers really wasn't part of Colorado's plans. So fair enough. All right. And then I do have the full trade for Timo Meyer now. Uh, Jay Fresh quote tweeted it, said, no brainer for the Devils. Love to hear your opinions on it. As the Devils get Timo Meyer, 50% retained salary, Scott Harrington. And then going back to the Sharks, you got Fabian Zetterland, Andreas Johnson, Nikita uh, o, o, Oktiak or whatever, whatever. Yeah, and him. Shakir Mahuk Muhammad. Yeah. A 2023 first rounder and a conditional 2024 first rounder. So two firsts and four players. I mean, the, the prospects are a bunch of guys that I'm not super high on anyway. So that more power to him that works. Um, you know, the, the highest upside one, I guess, with Kamadoulin, and I didn't like that pick in the first place anyway. So, in that aspect, great. Uh, giving up two first round picks on top of that, um, you know, I, I think that's fair I, I, for what he's going to bring, especially if you can get him long term. I think that's fair. I'm assuming the conditions are either some sort of cup related thing or a contract ascension thing. And whatever the conditions are, if they don't need it to give up the first round pick, then that's even better for them. But um, unless they're, unless they're going to lose the guy in free agency, if, if it's just like no cup this year or whatever, they get the first round pick, whatever the hell might be. Um, if it's that, then great. But overall, I, th- I think it's a good return for both teams. You know, you're not keeping Timo Meyer in San Jose. So you get a pretty good return, get a couple chances at some prospects on top of getting a first round pick. It really makes sense for both sides. Yeah, you know, you put that in perspective and I tend to agree with you more now. I was thinking... Uh, similarly, along the lines of a lot of people on Twitter right now, there's a lot of people freaking out saying the Sharks got fleeced, but you make a good point there. Timo Meyer's on a one-year. He's not staying in San Jose. He's yeah. done there. Like So to get back, potentially two first-round picks, uh, as well as four players, a couple of them a little bit younger prospects, is a decent trade. I, I think that New Jersey, though, if they can extend Timo Meyer, that'll be a slam dunk for them because Timo Meyer has been playing fantastic over the past couple of years, including this year. I mean, he's one of two players that have actually been a unrelenting force on the San Jose Sharks team. The other being Eric Carlson. Hopefully we can talk about a trade involving him within the next couple of weeks. That would be cool. And really it's not even the next couple of weeks anymore. It's only the next like three or four days. So we're, we're getting oh, that close. Jeez. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> It, dude, it's crazy. It came up like out of, just out of nowhere. That's why we're starting to see these trades kind of fly off the rails because like it, it just it snuck up on us this quick. Yeah, we're already hitting March in 2023, nonetheless. Gosh. I know, man. They don't crazy. lie when you when they say you get old and stuff starts flying. But dude, uh, I'm two months away from 25. Oh my Freak. gosh, you old poop! Hey, you've been 25, L. <laughs> yeah, and think about it. You're a third done with your your life, if you live to seventy five. Third done. Well, I'm I'm living at two hundred, so watch yourself. Oh, so you're only an eighth done. You're you're yeah. fine. I'm you rolling, know. baby. Did you see that? I got math skills. Yeah, I was very impressed. I was wondering if you were going to get it. Thank you. Pre calc back in tenth grade, not a big deal. <laughs> okay, I let's move on here. So this is just stupid. The Vancouver Canucks they go out and acquire Vitaly Kraftsov from the New York Rangers in exchange for William Lockwood and a seventh round pick in 2026. If this was three years ago, we'd be thinking, what the hell was that? What did New York just do? But it's not three years later. We're still asking what the hell did New York just do because they just ruined a prospect. And yes, they got something in return for him, but 
I mean, he could have been so much more. I want them to trade away every draft pick they have and just consistently try to contend because like they ruin so many development like plans. It's really frustrating. But Kravtsov is a very talented player. Um, I, I like this deal for Vancouver a lot because William Lockwood's not someone that's helping them at all. Seventh round pick, not helping them at all. Whereas Lockwood could be a solid, if needed, hop in the lineup, depth piece type guy for New York. And Kravtsov just kind of wasn't in their plans anymore. You still get a young player who still has talent, who still has upside. I think in the right situation with the right players, he can produce. You know, is he going to be a 100-point guy? No, like, I, I would be very shocking. But can he be a, like a reliable middle six type winger? Absolutely he can. So that's a great deal for Vancouver. I agree with you about the New York Rangers thing. Get rid of all developmental pieces that you possibly have because they've already ruined three prospects as of recent, which it's probably been more, and I'm just missing them. But when you have the first overall pick, the second overall pick, and an extremely talented winner out of Russia, and you ruin all three of them. What are we doing here? Leah Sanderson. Yeah, him too. But Yeah, so there's four easy ones right there. But to be fair, he did get drafted, I think it was like nine. It was top ten. And Seventh, I think. His comparison was Chris Kunitz. So. It was it wasn't a week, well, especially even at the time, it was regarded as a weak NHL draft class. There's yeah. been a lot of players that have emerged from that, like Jason Robertson is the kind of keystone, capstone player, whatever you want to say, uh, from that class. Kill McCarr. What's that? Kill McCarr. Oh, I thought he was 2018. Maybe yeah. he's 2017. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, yeah. But like so, that regardless, there's been um, so there's been some good players that come out of that class, but at the time it was regarded as as weak for sure. Yeah. All right, Winnipeg. They go out and get Nino Niederreiter in exchange for a second round pick in 2024. It, you got more to say for that? What else would I have to say? That was a trade. You ended on a high pitch, so that's why I figured you had more to comment. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it's. Fair. I like just legitimately fair. Nino Niederreiter will help a team in a playoff run. Your natural's not in a playoff run. I would give up a second round pick for a guy that's going to legitimately help me in a playoff run. So fair. Then the Dallas Stars go out, get Evgeny Dadanov from Montreal in exchange for forward Dennis Giryanov. I I love <laughs> Dennis Giryanov. You're you're a head ass, by the way. It drives okay. me nuts that you do this. But um, I love Dennis Gurianov, even though he's not really going to be the guy that you're hoping as an NHLer. I still like the talent and I like the build. He, I think he can still figure it out one day. Um, but this deal just seems like weird to me. I don't know. I, I, I think you're getting similar results from both guys on either team. At the end of the day, I guess it's an older player going into Dallas and a younger player going into a rebuilding Montreal. I, I guess that's how it comes out. Yeah, not the biggest fan of it, but at the same time, when things don't work out, you need to change the scenery. You got to do what you got to do. But we got Vegas. They go out and get Ivan Barbashev, who is linked with the Bolts. Unfortunately, he is not headed to Tampa Bay. Nope, as you mentioned, going out to Vegas for Zach Dean. And this deal just makes sense. Like, it works out. Uh, Ivan Barbashev is a very quality uh, NHLer. If you can keep him around, then you know good deals for Vegas. Zach Dean is a prospect that I like, someone I think has got – you know, legitimate NHL upside, um, someone that could be a really good middle six winger in the NHL, um, I, or middle six center, excuse me. I think he could be more of like a second line winger if he's got a transition to that, but I think he could be a really good middle six center. So I, I think this is a good deal, especially where St. Louis is heading. You know, the trades they made recently, you know, they, they obviously gave up a bit. They won a cup. So no matter what you give up for a price to win a cup, it's worth it. And everything they're getting in return now, like, they're doing a pretty good job. So hats off to them. I think that 
they only might need a couple of years before they're kind of, you know, back in the hunt. And finally, the last trade to talk about Jack Johnson. Blockbuster. Jack Johnson headed over to Colorado and on the way back to Chicago, Andreas England. Is there anything better than Jay Fresh? Um, whenever he tweets Jack Johnson's card, it just says Jack Johnson uh, is the chain cup champion is all he says because his yeah. card is so bad. Mm-hmm. Jack Johnson, comma, acquired by Colorado, comma, is the Stanley Cup champion. With a 2% war, he is not good. At like at all, he does not bring anything for you other than the fact that like he has won a cup before. Like that's really about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, like he's probably a nice guy, probably great for the locker room. It's why you know Colorado wants to get him back. Why he's been around to a couple teams, but really, when it comes to what he's actually giving him on the ice, it's it's not anything helpful. Yeah, I feel like the past four or five years, Jack Johnson really hasn't been um, capable. Of playing in the NHL, maybe that's maybe that's too harsh, but um, he's no, that's that's legitimate. He definitely has not been that type of player in, in quite some time. And hey, if teams are doing you know good deeds, giving this guy some some money because they know what happened to him financially in the past, uh, then I, I, I say go for it. But like overall, as a player, he's not really there. No, no. All right. Let's now move on from trade talk. Hopefully, we got some more for next episode. Uh, but obviously, cool. have to stay tuned. Hopefully, we got that. some more for us. Yes. Uh, let's not talk about Dave Poyle as he retires. Barry Trotz going to be taking over July first. Yeah, this is interesting. Dave Poyle, the only GM in Nashville Predators history, which is just crazy, uh, is retiring following the draft, heading into free agency. So July first, he's hanging up the the pen i guess and i hang nice. up the skates i guess hang, hanging nice. up the pen hanging up the suit jacket whatever you want to say and this is a weird transition barry trotz the first coach and also the winningest coach in national predators history is becoming the gm that's not a transition you really see uh, it's you know in the past there were um coaches that shared you know they ha- they held both the gm and coaches role it doesn't happen in the nhl anymore so you've seen that but a coach to then become a gm it's weird. I don't really recall a case like this in the NHL. Maybe there's someone I'm missing, but it'll be interesting to watch. I like Barry Trotz a lot, so I'll be rooting for him, but it's just kind of random. Yeah, uh, a bit different for sure, but nice to see Barry Trotz continuing come back to the game of hockey. Last time we saw him was with the Islanders. Been a little bit quiet until today when we got that news that he will be the GM of the Predators as of July 1. So, Excited to see and also to have a different face manning the phones for the Nashville Predators. That's going to be a bit weird. Oh, yeah, for sure it is. Poyle's been there, what, 20-something years? They entered the league in, hold on, hold on. I I got hanging up in my office here. Just give me one second. 97, 26 seasons. Jeez, that man's been wheeling and dealing for way too long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. All right, finally, Linus Holmark, the first goalie goal we've seen in the NHL this season, I think. Pretty sure I'm right on that. I think so, and I was ready to freaking give him a kiss because I had Boston covering one and a half in that game. Vancouver scores a little bit late. I'm like, oh, this, this sucks. Um, then I, I checked you know, during the Tampa Red Wings game. I was sitting there, and I pulled up the app to see, all right, maybe they scored an empty net goal. Now, see, they scored a goal. It's like, oh, interesting. I never said empty net, so maybe they just kind of had offensive control and scored. Then I saw Linus Olmark. I'm like, huh, maybe they typed it in wrong. 
But then I got a text from my buddy. It said, all caps, Linus Olmark to cover the spread for you. Unbelievable. I'm like, okay, I guess he did score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, so that was awesome. That was a huge clutch play. Chase is very happy. Uh, the Bruins fans are very happy. The world of hockey is, you know, other than, I guess, Vancouver fans, they're very happy because goalie goals are fun to watch. Yeah, Linus Olmark's been absolutely unreal this year to get a goalie goal on top of his 30 wins and only 36 starts just shows how freaking unreal Boston and Olmark specifically are doing this year. Like, just everything is aligning perfectly, and then once they hit Tampa in the playoffs, it's all going to fall apart. But as of right now, it's just, you know, the stars are lining up beautifully for Boston. Yeah, they're lining up really well for, for, you know, a third-round playoff exit. Exactly. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. want to go to hockey name of the day now. We've got old Brock Plouffe. Or are you going to say Brock. Plouffet? Brock Ploff. It's not Ploff. It is Brock Ploff. There's a couple of pronunciations of it because it's French, but but Ploff is the Americanized version. And the other one's like, like Plouffe. I like that and, one better. You know, like Plouffe better? Yeah. Well, Brock Ploff, <laughs> he is a retired Canadian-born center, um, you know, 32 years old, currently uh, born in 1990. Played in a couple, you know, lower level junior leagues in in Canada, um, the the CJHL, the CHLT one. So a couple lower Canadian junior leagues. Most recently, I guess in the 10-11 season, played for Gloucester and Kempthville, um, you know, wherever those cities are in Canada. Shout out to you guys. But yeah, you know, he's just he's got an elite prospects page. It's about what I can tell you. I feel like the best name I've heard this whole show was Glau- Gloucester. Yeah, big fan of that. I don't, I don't know. Fun fact of the day, though, he's got a brother that's currently playing in the coast, uh, the East Coast Hockey League for the Newfoundland Growlers. Ah, very nice. Yeah, went to went to Niagara University as well. So fun facts. What a dub. Well, that's gonna do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen, Chase. If you would hit him with an outro. As always, like thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. It's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. This is WNP Sports Pod. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, essential questions, comments, concerns. We really appreciate it. Do not forget to support our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.